driving it home. With Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Okay, everybody, please, please, I can't stress this enough, and if you're out there, you already know, please be careful walking and driving and breathing in this nasty weather. This is gross. I wa- it feels personal. Uh, I, didn't, I do not like. I, I do not recommend this weather. I do not recommend being outside if you can. If you've got a pot of soup, if you've got a can of soup, uh, heat that up and, uh, and listen to the show and just curl up uh, in front of the radio or the, your phone. Or if you're in the car, uh, I would also encourage you to curl up into the fetal position because it is nasty. Uh, my good friend, uh, an editor of Grocery Business for Wintrust. No, not Wintrust. Oh. Gosh, all that's wrong. But maybe the, they would What's give me more money. Yeah, to Wintrust. Bank. Uh, Winsight Grocery Business. So I should re- I should write these things down. Winsight yes. Grocery Business. Uh, she is the uh, the the managing editor editor in chief. I like that too. Yeah, I just make things up as I go. Totally. Fine. How is the weather coming from Portage Park? Kind of gross. Yeah, and I didn't leave myself very much time. Uh, yeah, you got here before I did. I, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I was all set to just be the host. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty gross. Although I feel like this winter has been so mild, right? Uh, that we're getting off pretty easy. I agree with that 100%. However, uh, it does, it feels, this is because it's a combination of like spring, like there's shards of ice coming out of the sky. It's sticky. It, yeah. it sounded like people were throwing pedal, like like pebbles at my window. Uh, so we, uh, so we've, we both made it. Uh, I was going to walk here and then I thought, oh, there's an event I told you about in Edgebrook. So maybe we'll go hang out there over a couple, two, three pints. Or glasses of something. Uh, so I want to let folks know that coming up during the show, we've got an aldermanic candidate that's going to join us to talk about their campaign. I believe in the 49th Ward, uh, we have a, we have a great show lined up. Mostly it's going to be me and uh, and Heather Lally for the first hour. I left it open for us. Yeah. And uh, I, there's a lot going on. First of all, um, I have been frequenting one of these Amazon stores. I don't I still don't know how it works, Heather. When you scan your uh, Amazon code and you walk in and you walk out with stuff, it just it just scans your whole body like for what's It's on just your- magic. It's, it's a- literally magic. No, it's a uh, <laughs> super expensive technology that they have cameras set up everywhere and sensors everywhere and oh God. Uh, yeah. How do they track whether or not you should walk out of one of those stores with a, a can of wine, let's say, to get on the metro? I'm just asked, just for just spitballing here. It's a very specific question. Yeah, Chardonnay, can of short Chardonnay. Um, well, see. you have scanned your code to get in. Right? Yes, yes, and then you have to scan your code to exit. I, I feel like I just walked out. No, you you scanned your thing to get. Mm, okay, out so it checks me out. So it it checks you. Didn't know how much I weigh with the extra can. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it I'm says like, it says. Dry January. Maybe Dry. you should continue into February. <laughs> it, it passes judgment. I believe it was. You. I believe it was in. Uh, I believe it was in February when. I, wait, let me take a look at my receipts because <laughs> I can go into my Amazon and look for exactly what I bought. Are you going to the one up in Norwich? The one at the Ogilvy Transportation Center. Oh, the Amazon Go. Yes. Yes. Amazon Go. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there is a new Amazon. Is it Amazon Fresh? What do they yes. call that so one? So there's Amazon Fresh is the full size supermarket version, and Amazon Go is the little convenience store one. I like that one in Ogilvy. Also, yes. Um, I used to go there a lot when I, 
know, work down there every day. It's, it's super handy, super convenient, a little expensive, but it's good to grab breakfast Let's and see, coffee. Let's see, a house wine Chardonnay, 375 milliliter can, uh, costs $6.65 with oh, tax. That's, that's actually not bad yeah, for that's not bad. a massive glass of wine. Yeah. I didn't even finish it. It was, but it was, it was weird. It was just, I, I feel like I'm stealing things. It's a little weird. Yes. Yeah. And I fun. don't, um, there, I don't know if now is the time to talk about this, but yeah. they're, they're having, uh, they seem to be having some troubles, uh, with those retail stores, but particularly with the Amazon fresh, mm-hmm. um, store design, the full size supermarket. Uh, there's a lot, I mean, Amazon has, uh, laid off a whole lot of people. They laid yeah. off like 18,000 people. Um, and their physical stores have been impacted uh, by that. So they've slowed down some of their growth. They, there was a period over the summer where they were opening a new one like every week around the country. Now there are a lot of communities that say they have like these zombie grocery stores that are just uh, boxes that are supposed to be Amazon Fresh stores, but they have not yet opened and they're just sitting there. So that appears to be a thing that's happening around the country. How are grocery stores? I know that you've gone to a couple of conferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were down in Florida. What are, what are they excited about? Because, uh, you know, obviously for people who go into a grocery store, there's your traditional, right? There's just, I know where my my eggs and my bacon and bread and vegetables and fruit and all those things. And people are more concerned, I would imagine. Well, one, I don't like it when people move things. That's, uh, <laughs> and I don't even shop enough to be mad about it, but I do. I get mad. Sure. Uh, but obviously the price of things is, and so when, when grocery stores decide to get innovative, we also get that price, right, on top of what's going on now with, with the economy. For sure. But the big thing right now, and actually the story I was writing minutes before I walked, I came over here, is uh, about private label, you know, store brands, generics, sure. that we used to call them when I was a kid, those white packages with the black, mm-hmm. you know, that made you feel like, you know, you weren't very wealthy. But now... Uh, private brands are a whole different thing and they're, you know, fancy and folks go to certain stores just to seek out the store brand items. You know, Aldi has their Isle of Shame and you, um, I've spent way too much money there personally, <laughs> but, um, driving it home. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Steve Goody oh, just jumping exciting. out of nowhere. Yeah. Anyway, uh, private label brands in 2022 had a record year. They sold more than ever as consumers were looking for bargains and they were looking for kind of unique, innovative products. So grocers are investing a lot of money into those into development of private label brands, uh, you know. How much of that was driven by, well, one Aldi, and I do remember the black and white labels. I had a roommate in college, let's call her Kathy, because that's her name, <laughs> Smith, and uh, she, we're still sort of friends, but uh, she was a snob about generic brands. Mm-hmm. So I would, and, I, and I, I didn't necessarily grow up on them, but I didn't have an attitude about them like she did. I mean, it was insane. So I, I had her try, let's say it was potato chips. She loved Toll House potato chips, semi-sweet potato chips, uh, not potato chips, chocolate, chocolate chips. chips. And uh, sorry, I'm snapping at myself. Get it right. Um, and then I, so I made her do a blind test and she could not tell the difference. She, I believe she actually chose the the black and white label. Sure. But then when I started to notice people being drawn to the store brands would be uh, Costco. Mm, right. The Kirkland stuff. The Kirkland yeah. stuff. And, and whether it's, I mean, they, they've done entire segments on their vodka and their wines and how they have their own proprietary, you know, whether growing the grapes and things mm-hmm. like that. Has that been part of the the sort of shift and people are like, oh, the generics? Yeah. Fun. The quality has improved. They are becoming more environmentally sustainable. They are more like health focused if you're looking for organic or natural items, better for you kind of stuff. 
um, stores have really expanded all of their product bases of those store brand things. And consumers are responding, and they grew, uh, you know, just a huge amount um, over the past year, uh, you know, driven by inflation. It's uh, it's one of those things. I, I you know, this, Steve does most of the grocery shopping in our family, and uh, I, I do. The, how has the? I don't know if you've done a, a deep dive on the like the blue aprons and mm-hmm. uh, those sort of uh, meal kits that yeah. people get. Has that had an impact on grocery stores? No. Oh, um, no. In fact, uh, so I used to report about restaurants, and those meal kits were considered a you know a potential threat to restaurants, a potential threat to grocery stores. Um, Blue Apron is really struggling financially right now. They um, are, you know, exploring strategic alternatives, which is the word for maybe putting it themselves up for sale, looking for different options. Um, they, yeah, they just, they don't appear to really have caught on. Um, I did just do a story about Hungry Root. Okay. I don't know if you've tried mm-hmm. them. They are sort of a, a hybrid grocery delivery um, meal kit delivery. So they send you a bunch of healthy food and then they send you recipes of like what to do with that with the healthy stuff. So like uh, sauces and healthy noodles and all that kind right. of stuff. Um, and they apparently are doing pretty well, at least according to the numbers that they Hung- shared that with me. Hungry, Hungry Root. Okay. Yes. Because okay. um, I do... So the problem I had with a couple of those kits, I tried a bunch of them during yeah, the I've pandemic. Yeah, tried so many. It was the packaging was a big part of the problem. Uh, I have... There's a new kit that I've been using that is the, has so far been the best packaging. Mm-hmm. I've only... I think I've only skipped one meal because I let the chicken go too long and I still used everything else. So it's for me, because I'm not as creative as you are in the kitchen. You are. I've had many of your meals. Um, and you have fun in the kitchen. Uh, for me, like I, it, everything takes so much longer than it's supposed to. True. If, if it says, you know, meal prep time, 10 minutes, and, uh, you know, cooking time, 35, I can count on an hour and a half in my kitchen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm going to I don't know if it's partly like I get distracted. I think you get distracted. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Maybe a little bit. I've watched you. <laughs> I get distracted. But it's the, the packaging was what drove me away totally. from that because it was like just these massive ice packages and then everything in boxes. The one I have now, which is every plate, has been the most consistently easy to use uh, compared to all the rest. And nice. I still I still manage to burn things, but that's that's me, not yeah. that. Yeah, I, I don't... I think pe- folks try them. Uh, I don't know that they have a lot of repeat customers. I really liked HelloFresh. I used to get those fairly often, but... Um, but I don't think grocery stores need to worry about them. No. It's like a big threat. Well, and like you said, I think that's a, it, it could be a hybrid. I like the idea of a hybrid mm-hmm. of your groceries and here's some ideas of what to do with what you've bought. Sure. Sounds like and, and I I would imagine that's something Amazon will eventually. We see that you bought some totally. tomatoes and onions. Here yeah, a, I've actually started getting uh, Walmart groceries delivered. Uh, I tried it. Around Black Friday, they had a deal for their free delivery, you know, membership plus thing. It was half off. Anyway, uh, their prices are very low, but they have been sending me things like, oh, we see you bought vegetables. Maybe you'd like this pan to stir fry them in. Or maybe, you you know, like pitching me these weird kind of ancillary Right. Thanks to go with Interesting. Purchase. Yeah. yeah. So just they're trying to be helpful. Exactly. We are hanging out with Heather Lally. She's the editor in chief of grocery business for Wintsite. 
Am I getting it all? I will commit to the words that I am using <laughs> shortly. Uh, Heather's also a good friend of mine. She's a Northwest Side resident of uh, Portage Park. So do you want to talk a little bit about the, uh, do you want to walk through a little bit of the, the mayoral race and the aldermanic races? And uh, we don't have to. No, we don't, yes. We can also talk about just, the, how Trump thinks the grand jury in Georgia exonerated him. Uh, what they said was he was wrong and he lied because there was no discovery of fraudulent activity in the 2020 election. And I don't, I don't know how you turn that into... I'm, I'm, see, look, I didn't do anything wrong. Or we could talk about Nikki Haley. We could talk about uh, UFOs. We could talk about trains derailing in Ohio. Oy. And everyone wanting to point the, point the finger at whether it's Buttigieg or Trump or everybody. The thing is, I want to know that not only are those folks in that community safe, I also want to know how we prevent this and what we're right. going to do in the aftermath because it's going to happen again. Totally. If we are uh, not protecting the people who work on the railroads or the people that live in communities. I th- think I just saw this afternoon there was a derailment in Detroit. I, oh. d- I don't know that it had chemicals, but um, good lord! Like yeah. I just saw the headline uh, a little mm. bit ago. No, but that is horrifying. And the fact that I don't feel like the people who live there are being given any clear guidance of yeah. what to do or where to go or how to get there. Or like I don't, I don't know what I would do if that happened in my backyard. I mean, I would get the heck out. I think. Yeah, but that's go. expensive and yeah. like. It's terrifying. Some people don't have those resources. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The, the, let me see if there's one. In, uh, what we know is Ohio. I'm trying to think if there's one in Detroit. Oh, yeah. You're right. Uh, train carrying hazardous materials uh, derails outside Detroit. Uh, the, Nor- the Norfolk Southern train uh, has derailed. Uh, and that was uh, yesterday. What today is today? The 16th? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is today. That happened today. Okay. Something's happening. We are in studio with Heather Lally. She will hug me during the, uh, <laughs> the commercial break. I, I don't do that with all my guests. Uh, but I, I might need a hug right now. More in a moment on Driving at Home with me, Patty Vasquez, and our friend Heather Lally in studio. Oh, let me uh, also mention I want to thank our sponsors for their inc- incredible support of the show and these conversations that we have. Kirk Bankshead from Monaco Brewery, of course, working really hard to uh, drive the, the Trumpers uh, at least at bay and uh, support the candidates for the Supreme Court judicial race and make sure that we uh, hold the line and, and move forward when it comes to women's reproductive rights in Wisconsin as well as their over gerrymandered state. So that's uh, Kirk Bankshead with Monaco Brewery. You can go to the Patty Vasquez show page. Find out where you can pick up a progressive brew in the Chicagoland area. Also want to thank our friends at Kids Above All. Go to kidsaboveall.org and find out how you can support their work to help children feel supported, help them reach their potential, and we want to make sure that they feel happy, healthy, and safe. Uh, again, that's kidsaboveall.org. And, of course, our friend Warren Price at European and U.S. Car Service, 4080 North Broadway. You can call 773-248-1200 if, uh, if your car's making a noise or someone, you know, T-bones you somewhere. First of all, what do you do first in an accident? Make sure you're okay. So uh, be, then you call Warren after you do all the necessary steps. You can also go to EuropeanUS.com to find out about all the great work that they do. More in a moment on Driving at Home. Chicago's Progressive Talk. WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern, Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 
at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. I think this was the perfect day to have my good friend Heather Lally in studio with me because uh, I just took a deep breath inside. And because uh, Heather will tell you, for both of us, really, it's always something. True. <laughs> it's always something. Today's the weather, so thank you for braving this horrible weather to come here and hang out with My me. My pleasure. And we were talking, before we get to any uh, uh, top uh, stories in the news, uh, a listener message, um, our friend Mary, says, uh, Hey, Patty, can you ask Heather if if she knows whether or not HelloFresh and other similar services are more expensive than going to the grocery store and buying the same ingredients yourself? I love the conversation, and Heather is always a great guest. Oh, thanks. Uh, stay safe and Stay safe in this crazy weather, Mary. Um, Mary, that is a great question, and I think it uh, depends on some factors. Like, I am uh, uh, typically cooking for myself. My kids are picky and weird and don't eat normal human things. So making those HelloFresh boxes where you just get a little packet of spices, you know, is probably cheaper than me buying a big jar of whatever spice or a, a bunch of produce to make, you know, one... A dish or something. So I think if you look at it in that way, it, it probably pencils out pretty good. But if you're cooking for, you know, six kids or something is probably not the way to go. Well, I will say this from looking at my credit card statements because I started using <laughs> one of these kits is that for me personally, because if I don't have every, oh my gosh, I mean, the fact that I told you that it takes me 35 minutes, to, uh, a 35 minute recipe takes me probably an hour and a half. That's with them giving me everything. If I'm staying in the kitchen, I got to get this, I got to get that. We're talking even longer than an for hour sure. and a half. So if, in the absence of having it there, I will most likely revert to just ordering out, which is problematic on many levels. One, uh, the caloric intake and yes. grease and carbs and all those things and the cost and then the delivery and all those. So for me, let's say in a week, if I order out three times, that's probably going to cost me 150 bucks. Oh, no bucks. question. Whereas if I do one of these boxes, it's going to cost me less than 60 Healthier food. I have a little bit of control over it. Uh, like I'll flip out. Like I'm trying to, like let's say if I don't want to use the tortillas they give me, I have a protein-based ones. Actually, these low-carb ones are pretty good. So that's that's my take on it. For me, it, it so depends. As Heather yeah. said, depends yeah. on your circumstances. Um, and I also throw out a lot of stuff that I, I have in every intention of cooking, whether it's broccoli or Brussels sprouts. Yes. But if they give me the exact amount and, and I feel that pressure of, like, I cooked this before Friday, then I'm more likely to, to eat healthier. Totally agree. So that's that's that my take on that. Um, and I didn't mention this before the break. Uh, and I think that you and I, because our boys started school together, you and I are on the same path of what we've seen with gun violence. We, I think we talked about this the last time you were here. And... I, I don't know what to say anymore. Uh, I, you know, both of our kids live in, in the dorms now. Mm -hmm. And watching some of these kids at Michigan State University, some of whom survived Sandy Hook and right. Parkland and Oxford. What? It's You and I are both like, when is it enough? Yeah. A, a dear friend texted me uh, just this afternoon that her son, a student at uh, um, CPS High School, was on lockdown because there was a, a threat of a gun in the school. And... You know, it's that terrifying uncertainty. I'm like on Twitter trying to find out any information I can. She's trying to find out stuff. Uh, she's texting her kid, you know, from inside the school. It turned out to be a false alarm right. based on like a threat that another student made or something. But but like what we are putting this generation through is horrifying. I mean, it's just unconscionable. It is. It is. It's so because we've had for such a long time as moms. 
I don't know how how Nick or now Emma, you know, because she's a little bit younger, uh, like you know, hearing Griffin talk about the the code names for we have an active shooter or where to go because our kids had like a cloak room, and what they were. Ta- I mean, you know, yes, we were taught to. Go, I don't know if you're. I'm a little bit older. As a uh, Griffin refused to acknowledge when uh, <laughs> you came into volunteer class. Uh, for those who don't know, I uh, I'm not allowed to age. <laughs> Griffin, uh, Griffin helped with the lies for a long time. Not the lies, just protecting the truth. Of course. Um, but uh, as moms, like we've had to sit. Like it's just so hard to navigate this with yeah. them. Yeah, it's uh, just been terrifying. Yes, my very favorite poem is uh, called "Good Bones" by Maggie Smith. You should look it up because I can't recite it with any eloquence here. But it's basically. Uh, Telling your children this place is a disaster. She uses a word I can't use on the radio. This place is a tire fire. Uh, But like any good realtor will tell you, it has good bones. And it's your job to kind of like make it a home. Right. I I just, but I I don't know. It's rough some days. And both of our boys, uh, would you say we're kind of spoiled that we can kind of see our kids Anytime we oh, want. Oh, definitely. Have, yes. If they were somewhere else. I don't know what I'd come do. Come on. I know. I, I'm just, I, I know. I hate to brag, but I'm like, I, my kid can come home. Right. Like, if I need to go hug him, like, if I felt that I needed to see his face, I could drive down and see him. Um, and we have that luxury. If, if he was somewhere else, I, it would be it would be a struggle on a night like that where kids are in lockdown. Sure. You know, and having been to East Lansing, having performed there, uh, a community that's absolutely devastated, and seeing those kids at the Capitol protesting. You know, and our kids have been, they've been, did you remember when they did a walkout? I don't know if they were, I, I think they were still at Taft. Yeah. Yeah. Our boys went to school there and they were like, we're walking. I can't remember which, was it Park? It was Parkland. It had to have been the Parkland shooting. I think so. Yeah. I don't, I mean, uh, there's so many, they yes. run together. It's hard to yeah. keep the atrocities well, straight. And, and this week we've, t- we've talked about uh, Parkland and, and uh, one parent wrote, please ca- stop calling it the anniversary of my child's death. Right. Right. It's the remembrance. Um, and then so Parkland Aurora was this week. Uh, N.E.I.U. and N.I.U. Mm-hmm. Northern Illinois University. These are all with it just in our Scott. Like those two are in our yeah. Scotland area. It's uh, and, you know, unfortunately, it is not uh, a school problem because I cover grocery stores. And yesterday I was covering the sen- sentencing of the guy who murdered 10 black people in Buffalo, New York at the Tops Market there. Uh, you know, public spaces, man. It's uh, and I troubling. think they've they've sentenced him to life. Yeah, and he said the only reason he killed them was because they were black. Yes, and I think one of the things that he said was, uh, "I hope no one does what I did." Um, I, it, this is another thing where I I don't I I was talking to a candidate who's running for alderman in Elmhurst, and he was talking about how he's the reason he decided to run was he's seeing all the madness at the school boards wanting to ban books in Elmhurst and this rush in so many parts of the country to eliminate black history mm-hmm. uh, people of color Native Americans uh, Latinos uh, LGBTQ plus it, it I never I, I did you ever think in your wildest dreams we, we would be fighting for this no I mean it's it's like being back you know uh, decades and decades before we were born yes even. I mean it's uh I yeah, I, I can't. It's hard to wrap your brain around it. it. It really is. And especially because you and I are like, we're readers, right? And our kids love to read. Mm-hmm. And the idea that someone would say, well, I don't. I mean, did, did Nick ever come home and say, I feel bad that, that uh, people were held as slaves and sold as uh, in bondage? And I mean, like, well, 
not like I, like, like internalizing it, like they, yeah. they had empathy. Yes, they had, and, and you know, we took them to places where they could experience. You know, the museum. Uh, we are fortunate here in Chicago to have access to so many great museums. You can go into, you know, the train car that was used in Auschwitz at the Holocaust Museum. You can, uh, you know, be on the, the mock-up of the slave ship and, you know, see what that was like. So, yeah, all of that builds empathy, for yeah. sure, for privileged white kids, uh, you know. Our kids, should, our kids should be wrapping their minds. They, they, it should be incomprehensible that people are capable of that it shouldn't be incomprehensible we shouldn't be like trying to understand why people would want to prevent sure. understanding that sure that's i don't understand people let's take a break seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight we're in studio with heather lally she's the editor-in-chief of the grocery business for winsight and uh, you can follow her on twitter heather lally flower girl uh i just tweeted something out about one of the candidates for the 16th district i didn't tweet it out i responded to uh, folks who are like be careful who you vote for on the police board well, i got stories too more in a moment on wcpt we're driving it home till seven <laughs> Light at the end of the tunnel. Light at the end of this tunnel. That light at the end of the tunnel. Your guiding light. That light is going to get brighter and brighter. Through another day. I think it's a great day. The Joan Esposito Show. Live, local, and progressive. Weekday afternoons at 2 on WCPT 820. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. are uh, staying safe on the roads today. Uh, I took Metra down to work at the uh, Illinois State Building at, or State of Illinois Building. I don't know. It's the, it's the big glass building that I have. A, I have a cool little cubicle decorated the way I want and uh, it was kind of nice to go in. I go in a few days a week. Heather, do you have to go in? I was there on Tuesday uh, because we welcomed a new uh, employee to my team but that's pro- I, the last time I was there it was like around the holidays so yeah. I don't go very frequently. Yeah, I, and taking uh, I, I like Metra a lot. Uh, yes, I oh, took the Metro. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a fan. Although I am fascinated by the people. It's kind of like flying where you have people like unpacking a huge salad or like some sure. very uh, uh, odor filled item on the train. I'm like, that's a lot going on there. True. True. Uh, and then one woman had there was an outlet on my side of the car, like under the, the seats that flip up for mm-hmm. the disabled uh, population. And she uh, plugged it in and then sat across the aisle with her phone and the cord. I took a picture of the cord and I was like, I. There's a thin line between deciding to get involved, and you know that I usually don't hesitate to get involved. <laughs> and I'm like, I really gotta stop being that girl on the, you know, in public spaces. Sometimes you gotta do it, you know. But and so I rode CTA last week, and there was a guy just smoking on the train. And I thought, what? So these are the stories that people are telling. Mm-hmm. And one guy got up and started yelling at him. And then now I'm like, you know, so I, <laughs> at the next stop, I ran out of the car and just ran to the next one because I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to be the one that yells. Yeah. I don't want to be in the middle of a fight. Um, but are you, are your kids? Uh, is Emma taking public, public transportation by herself? She yet? has not okay. yet. Uh, depending on how uh, seventh, like seventh grade situation shakes out, she may have to, uh, depending on where she gets in, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah. Because I, I, um, I remember the first time was when Griffin was taking public transportation. I was, I, I was trying to get him to pay attention. Sure. But they're, because they're worse than us. I mean, you know, we get on our phones and stuff, but we kind of have, we grew up being more aware of yeah, our surroundings. Yeah. But, you know, Griffin's like in his phone and I'm like, I can't pay attention. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was at Metro coming home on Tuesday and totally engrossed in my phone, and they weren't announcing the stops. And I was like, oh, no, where, where am I? But I made it. I well, made it. It's funny because uh, they don't, obviously, they don't always, my stop is Gladstone Park. Mm-hmm. And during the day, and they don't stop there until, I think they stop at uh, 930 mm-hmm. around there. And then they don't come back until like 330. So uh, I'll be on the train and, and we go right past Gladstone Park. I'm like, what? The, yeah. first, the first time that happened. Yeah. Or for Jefferson Park, sometimes it's only the last three cars. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, wait, what? I guess I, I guess I live on this train now. That's going to be one of the things I miss about doing uh, the the Displains Theater was I the train goes right there in front of the theater. Uh, let's see what we have. Um, oh, hi, Patty. Here's a poem I saw on Twitter a while back. It says all about our country as compared with others. Uh, so I don't. I want to make sure that there's. There, oh, here we go. England is a cup of tea. France mm. a wheel of ripened brie. Greece a short squat olive tree. America is a gun. Brazil is football on the sand. Argentina, Maradona's land. Germany an oompa band. America is a gun. Japan is a thermal spring. Scotland is a highland fling. Oh, better to be anything than America is a gun by Brian. Bilston, it's a uh, it's it, it's it's a sad time that we're growing we're growing our kids are growing up and uh, we also have uh, folks texting in about uh, Jack Smith and the special counsel for the uh, the all the investigations that have to do with January sixth. Are you at the point now where you're like it's probably never we're probably not going to have any prosecutions and no one's going to do jail time? Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of faith in that. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be like some sort of lingering you know Watergate type situation that we keep. Uh, it keeps cropping up for years and years, but n- not a whole lot happens. But uh, uh, who knows? So are you because uh, I-, I saw Nikki Haley's uh, part of her, um, you know, her uh, inauguration of, of launching her campaign, mm-hmm. right? The, her big speech. And I was fascinated by the fact that she said, look, Republicans, we've lost the popular vote seven out of eight times, which is something that President, former President Trump does not want anyone no, to know no. and has negated that. Says he's won by huge, huge numbers. Hugest numbers ever. Uh, and, of course, you know, he took a day to, to wait to start attacking her. Mm-hmm. That basically he saved the state of South Carolina by making her an ambassador so, or diplomat. So that- Amazing. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of time to follow that story today, but I did chuckle. There was a Washington Post headline that was like, uh, Nikki Haley says she has something that Trump does not. She's not a loser. <laughs> but encapsulated it nicely. Very nice. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, she's polling. Although I thought it was fascinating that so she's polling at one percent. Other is polling at four percent. Other. Wow. No, like just player to be announced later. My poll- cat. That's my cat <laughs> on there. Cat. Yes, Taco Cat and uh, Howdy are both. <laughs> Polling ahead of Nikki Haley. Nice. Because I'm not supposed to say the cat's names on the air. I, I think it's okay. okay. Their privacy. Is that all right? Respect. All right, yeah. fine. We have a waiver from them. <laughs> uh, before I forget, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, one of the uh, great uh, collaborations we've had on the show has been with our friends at Boot Tights. And they are celebrating President's Day and President Biden all next week with $25 gift cards to local shops carrying Monaco Brewing Progressive Beers. So we'll be celebrating that next week. We're excited to do that. And uh, thank you for that update. And boot tights. So boot tights, Heather, are uh, they're tights that have like little like socks attached. Yeah. Our, our friend Jerry Walski and Shelby do an amazing job. Uh, I am in love with these. I, he brought me a couple that have like patterns on them. I'm Very a, cool. You and I are big fans of like leggings and tights. Yeah. That's, that's my jam. So I highly recommend. I'll get you a pair. I'm, I, I'm I wore make actual pants today, but so I'm I. sort of regretting. Well, <laughs> 
I think I'm wearing my mom's pants. Um, <laughs> my mom is shrinking and I am not. So uh, I believe these ended up in my laundry and she, hi mom, I think I have a pair of your <laughs> leggings. Uh, they're very comfortable and I'm enjoying them tremendously. Because um, uh, my mom, so it was my mom's 88th birthday oh, last wow. week. Happy birthday. Happy birthday again, mommy. And uh, and she's starting to play Mahjong. You and I were talking about Mahjong at that uh, Stay and Play Cafe yes. in, in the Independence Park. I'm super excited for her. That is outstanding. Yeah, I grew up, uh, I am Jewish. My bubby played Mahjong, would go with all of her old Jewish lady friends. And I just have such fond memories of sitting there and the clicking tiles. And they were so pretty. I don't know how to play at all, but um, I'm enchanted by it. I played, I don't know how, but in college I played, uh, my roommate was Chinese and Filipino and her mother played Mahjong. And so I played, like when I was 20, I was playing Mahjong, but computer Mahjong. Okay. So I, do, I think it's probably a little, it's probably even harder. The tactile. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, here, Jim wants to talk for a minute. Hey, Jim in Chicago, what's on your mind, my friend? Hi, Terry. I was telling Lady B that, you know, being a, a, a recluse <laughs> since the pandemic, I listen to the, the Republican radio. And, and late at night, they really go berserk. But, but today they said... Trump is going to lead the religious revival, and it's going to be like Jonathan Edwards. I don't know if you've ever heard of Jonathan Edwards. He's a Puritan preacher from the uh, about the early seventeen, about seventeen twenty, and he's got a spiel where he says, "We're just insects over a pit, and we're going to fall into hell." You know, <laughs> oh, damn, I remember I, I got that yeah. lecture in, in college. But I mean, this is how far off they go. Like he's going to lead a religious revival. Trump of all people. Or 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 DeSantis, who thinks he's the moral leader of the universe, uh, it's it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd how they're taking this tack uh, against Democrats. It's just uh, it's so maddening, you know. Because uh, when I go in to vote, I don't think the last thing I think of is religion. When I go in to vote, I go in to vote because I vote Democratic every time I vote, and the reason I vote Democrat is because. They have a history of the, you know, the eight-hour work week, uh, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, uh, anything that's good, positive for the public. That's the reason I vote Democrat. And there's no religious. I don't think of. I don't think of Almighty God when I'm going to the thing to vote. I'm thinking about what's good for my fellow citizens. <laughs> so I hate to give you a speech today, Patty, but they drive you nuts with that. You know, this is like Trump's going to revi- have a revival, a revival. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. They're, they're, they're off the charts. Anyway, thanks, Patty, and take care. Have a good night. Thank you Stay so warm. much. Great to hear. Yeah, thank, thank you so much, Jim. Uh, we've also got a uh, Mike says, since the Santa thinks white kids are too sensitive to learn that their ancestors were racist, can Muslim kids demand that 9-11 be stricken from history books since they might feel bad? Or can Japanese kids demand that Pearl Harbor be, be erased also? N- no, that's not what they... Uh, they they want to uh, demonize other people. Uh, I, uh, I remember I was telling someone this story that... Um, I was on stage. Oh, Dwayne Kennedy was here last week, and we were talking about having to perform in the wake of tragedies. And I was at the Zanies in Mount Prospect in 19, whatever year the Oklahoma City bombing was. And I have to guess it was 96. Six, I think. And I was, uh, so it was, I don't know what day it was, but on Wednesday night, 
I ha- we had found out that it was uh, the gosh Mc- Timothy Timothy McVeigh McVeigh, yeah. and uh, and I said you know initially people thought that they were uh, Muslim terrorists or of Arab descent, and people were remember people were attacking mm-hmm. uh, Muslims throwing bricks through their windows, and I said when they found out that they were rednecks, there was nothing they could do because you can't chase people whose houses are on wheels. And uh, and and the like I can't remember what the necessarily the reaction of the audience was, but when I came off stage, this woman grabbed my hand. It was so weird. This is when I realized people don't they hear what they want to hear on stage because I'd also done a, jo- a joke about um, Jesse Helms, who at the time had said that gay people who have are HIV positive should be tattooed with glow in the dark dark ink uh, with a skull and crossbones. And I said with that kind of rationale, and it, it was something about how they were. Um, ungodly and dirty and all these things. And I said, well, with that thinking um, that maybe Jesse Helms should rot in hell for being a sexist, racist, fossilized tumor on the face of America, something along those lines. And this woman came up to me and grabbed my hand, pulled me close. She goes, shame on you. And I was ready to apologize for bringing up the Oklahoma City bombing. And she goes, you should never mention, uh, you should never mention Jesse Helms' name in public. And I was like, but She's like, you just justify everything he does, but you didn't hear the rest of it. <laughs> so everybody hears what they want to hear. We all, at some point, if you're a progressive, I, 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 I try to keep my ears open. I try to have conversations uh, to the annoyance of many people, my progressive friends <laughs> who know that I talk to conservative. I, I am friendly with uh, many conservatives. Um, I, I, I don't. Uh, I was thinking about this because we mentioned before we came on the air that there's uh, this police board and. I was listening to an interview I did with one of the candidates, with Dave Feller, who's running to be the police board on the 16th district. And I was thinking about, you know, the horrible things he would say in the course of conversations, whether it was about women uh, or about immigrants, that uh, telling immigrants their rights just made his job harder as a Cook County sheriff, um, to to asking women if they were going to have sex. If not, you know, basically shut up and give me what I need right now kind of stuff. And I was thinking, like, why did I put up with it, right? Like, why did I not call call him on it then? Mm-hmm. Part of it was he was kind of funny and charming and he had great stories about working with President Obama. And the other thing is it's similar to that reason that sometimes I would laugh off men who were sexually harassing me. It's like this this is what I have to do to be in this space. This is what keeps me safe. Well, it diffuses the situation, too. Right. Yeah. I'm just going to laugh it off and go, sure. this is what I'm willing to deal with. Let me take a break here, and uh, we'll take your calls. I know Dave is on hold. Let me get your call in just a moment on 773-763-9278. Maybe we should talk more about grocery stores. <laughs> Heather's like, where is this going? What are we going to talk about? I am here for anything. I don't know. More in a moment. Uh, we're driving it home till 7 on the Heartland Signal. Thank you for Heather hanging out with me. She might not come back. I hope she does. <laughs> WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. I'm so thrilled to have my friend uh, Heather in studio with me. Heather Lally is the editor-in-chief of Grocery Business for Winsight. You can follow her on Twitter and uh, follow the work that she does as well as her musings. And uh, her, I like her Facebook posts, especially when it's our kids. Uh, and just watching your kids uh, at cheerleading. Right. And as a cheerleader? I know. I don't even know when that started. Uh, very recently, but we are all in. Yes. We're all in on the cheerleading. Yeah, it's exciting. What's her, like, Like for me, I was always base. She I, is a base. She's base. Yes. Okay. 
she is a bass, but um, they are doing like amazing stunts and stuff. And at the elementary level, there's their first competition is this weekend. Where, yeah, where, where? I would never yeah, be able to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, everyone, all of a sudden, like WCPT fans are like, they're all cheerleading, cheering for him. cheerleading fans. Uh, I'm just, uh, it is, so I was a cheerleader uh, just one year. Uh, I was actually telling a guest this earlier in the week. Uh, Rebecca Janowitz was here, and she did something. And I think I don't know if you ever do this. Uh, but she was great, right? We broke for our first segment. And I said, great job. And she kind of shook her head. And I was like, and she just done brilliantly, right? And I said, you know, when I was in seventh grade, I, uh, I tried out to be a cheerleader. And I practiced and I, you know, I tried out and everything and had all the moves. And I didn't make it my, when I was in seventh grade. And for whatever reason, and I went to all the meets with my friends because they were all on the team and I wasn't. And at the end of the season, they won the city championships and we had a big party and stuff. And they played the audition tapes, the tryout tapes. And I had my little pigtails and I did everything, the Russian, the Russian jumps and the splits. But after every single move, I would shake my head like, uh-huh. like that sucked. And they told me, like, I didn't seem like I had confidence. So the next year, I, I didn't do that. And I was, you know, thoughtful about it. And it changed. And I still have those moments. Dwayne Kennedy has told me, you know, I asked him to help me write. He goes, no, but when you say something, stand behind it. So we all have, like, our our, our habits. Sure. Um, and cheerleading was a I had a lot of fun doing it. I like the little twirly skirts. Yeah, and the, she seems to be enjoying it. And it seems like a pretty positive, like, you know. Environment. Uh, environment, yeah. Is it all girls or do they have uh, co-ed? This is all girls. She wishes they had some boys because I think that gives you extra points or something in the competitions, but uh, mm. not currently. At Lane, when I was a senior, my friend Jose Salinas was the only boy on the team and because he, he was a tumbler. Yeah. So he would do all the stunts and stuff. Yeah, That's awesome. That was very fun. Well, I'm excited for Emma. Yeah, it's exciting. I, I like it. Hey, Dave, Dave in Hoffman Estates. How are you doing today, Dave? Yeah, well, I hope you and uh, Heather are doing equally as well. Thank you. We Thank are. you. I was out there shoveling ahead of time. Yeah. That's heavy. Yeah. The bottom is uh, like a snow cone stuff. It's a lot of water. You're throwing a lot of water there. Yeah. And It's bad. Um, did uh, either you hear that story earlier today where Tesla fired a bunch of these unionizing workers? At, I believe it was in Buffalo. I, I did see a headline about that. Yeah. You know, for trying to get a union over there. And uh, so another, to, in my book, anyway, I don't, as you know, I'm not wild about Tesla. So, but um, I also read a story where, um, where in Georgia, where the Republicans, the Senate, the Republican state Senate, they, they're, they're uh, 32 to 20, that they voted to erect a statue of Justice Thomas. <laughs> Of Clarence Thomas, yeah, and mm. and then the Democrats who are in the minority offered to have a statue of the late John Lewis, the civil rights legend, okay. Georgia congressman, but it was mixed, you know, because they were the minority, and surprisingly the Republicans didn't go for it. So you're going to put, you know, Thomas, you know, they want to do one on Thomas. Talk about yeah. Yeah, it's uh, you know, my feelings on on Justice Thomas. I don't. I, I, also, he's still alive. Yeah, like you build a statue to something. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Posthumously. Yes. Hey, yes. Hey, Patty, this one was just kind of bubbling around with. It's on like with the military stuff, and that where the they've been having issues with recruiting numbers are falling. You know, have been falling a lot, and 
you know, maybe the younger generation sees and realizes that uh, that liberty and justice for all pertains only to those who are celebrities, rich or influential, and or fighting for big oil, you know, in their bag, you know, or being a world's policeman, you know, bleeding out, dying, you know, for other countries that turn on us when, as soon as the the money runs out or whatever, they they turn on us, and uh, and then if they're unlucky enough to be wounded or maimed. The VA hasn't been exactly, you know, that good to them. They're getting better, but there have been all those cases, and then with suicides, and and that because they were denied, you know, a lot of them were mm. denied, and that kind of stuff. And then if they're mili- in active military and married, lots of them have to go on assistance, even, you know, for like uh, WIC cards or whatever. Right. You know? And some of the housing... If they do get on post housing, has mold issues on Ugh, some of the. That's terrible. And that, and, and and also read too where that fentanyl deaths have uh, been uh, rising amongst the troops and all that are active duty. So. Yeah, as, uh, I, know, I know that our good friend, Representative Stephanie Kifowit, uh is trying to stay as uh, as active as possible to make sure that our veterans have the services they need. But it's obviously a challenge when uh, resources are allocated in other places, including uh, our defense, to continue sending men and women into danger and then not supporting them when they come back. I've got to take a I want to take a break yeah. in a moment. Thanks, Dave. All right. You guys be well. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. You, too. Uh, I uh, I uh, wanted to ask you before we because we have a couple guests coming up uh, earlier today. John Esposito had uh, two mayoral candidates on. She had uh, Sophia King and uh, Cam Buckner. Who it, it, it's hard with so many candidates. Are you talking to folks? I know you've uh, have you you've early voted. I did. Yes. Excellent. And uh, are you talking to folks that are like I, I'm wondering if there are people who just are going to wait until there's a couple candidates to for a runoff. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's just overwhelming, and it, it's hard if you have a job and a life to educate yourself on, right. um, you know, all of these different candidates, and then you have uh, aldermanic elections with lots of candidates. It's great that there's so much participation, but I do think it is overwhelming for voters. It, it, it is a lot. I often say, you know, when people have too many choices, they choose nothing. Mm-hmm. So I want to encourage folks, don't choose nothing. Is that, is that appropriate? <laughs> choose you're, something. You're, you, you, you're better at, at structuring sentences <laughs> than I am. Please make a choice uh, and vote. Uh, get your early ballots. Go to early voting locations. If you live on the, I know what my Northwest Side one is with Road and Library is open. Where'd you vote? Oh, you mailed? I, did, I mailed in. Yeah. Did you start mailing in because of the pandemic or had you been already a mail-in voter? I think I had already been a mail-in because I recall... Uh, you know, when you were running as the pandemic was starting, I took my ballot. Uh, I believe I dropped my ballot in a mailbox, right. like very carefully wearing a mask, you know, outside. Yes. And someone walked by me on the sidewalk and I ducked into the door for <laughs> yeah. it. It was like, you know, March 15th or whatever, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for your support. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, let's take a break here. We are going to meet at one of the aldermanic candidates coming up in just... Oh, by the way, Heather, I, before I forget, there's also a guest we're going to have on next week that I want you to follow on Twitter. Piper from Missouri. She lives in a red state, and this woman is on fire. Awesome. She is out there fighting for public schools. She's fighting for LGBTQ plus rights. She's fight, I mean, she, she wants every Republican in Missouri to be challenged in their races because she's tired of them going unopposed. And uh, I support her in so we're going to have her on on Tuesday. And today we're thrilled to welcome in studio one of the candidates for the 40, I believe it's a 49th Ward Aldermanic race. It's a, a Belia Rodriguez. A Belia, I mean, you know what? I'm going to get that name wrong. Belia Rodriguez. I'm going to have her correct me. Please. 
uh, Ms. Rodriguez when you come in studio. Uh, it's not just your name. I'm terrible with names. It's Lally like Alley. Yes. More in a moment on WCPT Heartland Signal. I'm your host, Patty Vasquez. Conversation continues. You're the only voice of reason on the radio. You give me hope. Having listened to you every day. Thank you for your clear insight. Always felt a little bit smarter. I listen to you every single day. I keep coming back to this station, and thank you for what you do. On WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. Listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. I know it's hard to believe, but there are less than 12, there's 12 days left for our general election for the city of Chicago. I have a candidate in studio for the aldermanic seat of the 49th Ward. Also joining me in studio is my very good friend, Heather Lally, who had to basically hold my hair back as I hyperventilated through my uh, six months of running for (laughs) state rep of the 19th district. So she's been somewhat along for the ride of the crazy. Uh, Belia? Belia? Belia. Belia Rodriguez joins me in studio running for the 49th Ward. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm going to make sure I have the right microphone. Let me see. Let me try again. Thank you for having me. I can hear you. Let me see. Hi. Where, where'd you grow up? Where'd you grow up, Ilya? I grew up here in Chicago, uh, in Little Village, okay. specifically. Yeah. Where'd you go to high school? I went to high school. I actually had to leave the neighborhood to go to Bogan Tech on really? 79th. Mm-hmm. Was Bogan uh, a magnet school at the time? or They were taking in kids from outside, okay. outside of their area, so... Yeah, we tested, a lot of us tested into that school. And uh, when you say tech, was it, uh, did it have wood shop and electric? I went to Lane Tech. They did. So, that was my homeroom, was actually yeah. the wood shop. But I wasn't what? allowed to take those classes. Why? <laughs> I couldn't take those classes. They, they, you know, they go based on your test scores, et cetera, right? So it was like everything was, I was in the high honors courses. Oh, good. So everything was educational and academic, right? Where I was like, I just want to take like paper drafting and wood shop and stuff. And that was not an option. We could have traded because at, <laughs> at Lane, like every, every freshman had to take wood shop, machine shop. Oh, not machine shop, wood shop. I think it was, a maybe it was machine. No, electric shop. I liked electric shop. I had oh, a yeah. circuit, like a, I had a tester. So, yep. so from Bogan Tech, uh, where, mm-hmm. so you told me before we started that you yep. went to broadcasting school. I sure did. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've had multiple careers or ideas of what my career should have been. I was trying to figure out what color my parachute was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I went to, I spent a year at the Illinois Center uh, for Broadcasting. And uh, some of some of the people I went to school with are actually working in radio in places, and I didn't. I uh, I interned at Lesby Gay Radio, and that's actually my, my introduction to Rogers Park back then. Um, and then I I went on to do other things. I actually uh, ended up in sales and and spent time in corporate life. That's not easy at all. No, yeah, it no, wasn't. No, no. It wasn't. And I needed my soul back. <laughs> <laughs> I was not money motivated. Uh-huh. I was uh, more about the accomplishments and helping people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so then I ended up saying, uh, I, I, I was telling her that I taught myself IT in order to help small businesses and nonprofit organizations. Eventually, that grew into uh, serving as the tech support for some small charter schools in the city. Okay. But yeah, I, I was like, yeah, sales was great, um, taught me a lot, but I really just wanted to help people solve problems. 
And you said you moved to uh, Rogers Park. You were first introduced through your radio gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how long, how long have you lived in Rogers Park? Uh, I have been there now 11 years. Okay. Before that, I was in Uptown. Um, and that's where uh, my now wife, uh, when I met her, we chose Uptown as a place we would live together. And then that got a little gritty, and we were like, you know, looking for easy, calm life now that we were all, you know, coupled up. Uh, and so we chose Rogers Park because of the beach life. Oh, nice. It was very quiet. Which, uh, which, yep. What's your beach? Oh, maybe you don't want to tell people. Because some, some of them <laughs> yeah. are like little hidden gems. Oh, yeah. Everybody yeah. loves the beach, and then we want to keep it secret. But sure. we also want people to know. <laughs> we struggle. Right. Yeah. We started yeah, yeah. torn over that. Yeah, yeah. no, it's a, it's a great beach. Yeah. That's fantastic. And so um, so I thought, I, I was just listening to an interview I did a few years ago with some uh, uh, lobbyists uh, who are in my studio. Uh, I was doing an interview, and I mentioned that I had wanted to run for Alderwoman in the in like at the, I think it was like around 2010. We at the okay. time it was John Arena running against uh, Garrido, John Garrido for uh, Lavar's old seat. That's and he had been in that seat forever. Sure. And I, you know, looking back now, I'm glad I didn't for a couple of reasons. It mm-hmm. is a challenging job. It's one thing to want to help people. It, you know, I that's why mm-hmm. I ran for state office. It's it's in my that's my that's in my tool belt. Like I understand state policy and and I understand legislating and the whole process. Uh, it's a different. It's a different uh, beast when yep. you want to run for city hall and be an alder woman. Yeah. Um, it's everything from potholes and garbage cans yep. to human rights and affordable yep. housing and uh, talking about those who are food vulnerable. So what what was the compelling element for you to run for office of the 49th Ward? Well, so um, I was doing my job and I was actually I, I'd spent six years volunteering, serving on the board of the Rogers Park Business Alliance. So it was very involved in the community, supporting the businesses. My big mission was to fight gentrification by helping to support the businesses that are there and, and uh, strengthening them. Um, and so that was my, my, where I, I spent my time and my efforts. And um, it just seemed that, uh, you know, 2019, we went through the pandemic, neighborhood survived. Thankfully, most of the businesses made it through that. And then, then, you know, much like the rest of the city, something started changing, right? And you just see the progress that you had made with, along with the community and seeing it kind of take a different direction. And I just I just looked around and was like, man, we, we need choices on the ballot, right? As a voter, I'd like to make a choice. Um, and it didn't look like we were going to have that. And and so I, I waited, I waited, and it was like the beginning of October. I'm like, all right, fine, I guess I'll run. Um and so the the desire, um, why I want to step into the, you're right, this is a, a job that I would have never subscribed for, right? I've been asked to run um, over a number of years, and I kept saying, no, who would want that job, right? <laughs> um, but I just stay focused on, on what's important for me is the people. Mm-hmm. And I hear from a lot of people, and I, and I understand the, the, what they're going through, their frustrations, uh, and a lot of people have told me they just didn't feel heard. Um, we're seeing the neighborhood change. Everybody loves our community. We're a really interesting community because we're so diverse and um, and very vocal. And and so hearing people not feel heard, I was like, okay, then this is the thing I'm supposed to do right now. And I leave it to the voters to decide. Right? My job is to to make it to the ballot to present my case of what how I would lead. I'm I'm very ward focused. Um, that's because that's where I've spent my time and and that's where I live. 
And I think that's what people care about is what affects them on a daily basis Mm -hmm. in their daily lives. Right. And that's the ward. And I think that there's the the job can be done where you can stay ward focused, but then look at the high level stuff. Right. Because you are uh, part of the 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 um, the government that's supposed to look at the city and the overall. Right. So I've managed to balance uh, home life, business life and all of my volunteer time. So I, I think I'm a good multitasker and I think I can find the balance between those two those two parts of the job. And when you've had uh, forums, I mean, there have been forums with... Uh, not yet. Not yet? On the 21st. No, I... Wow. I, I, I tried months back and yeah. I did ask for a forum and it's taken a bit, but... I, yeah. was, I was talking to a candidate, uh, Vatrice Boyce, who's running for the 24th Ward. Um, we were having our aldermanic forum for the 45th Ward, and she came in, and she was looking around. We were at the Copernicus Center. There were 800 people, at least, at yeah. the Copernicus Center. It was a packed house. And she's like, what do these people do for a living? Are they retired? I mean, this yeah. can be, well, in, in listening to you talk about uh, uh, constituents not feeling heard, that sounds idyllic to me, because mm-hmm. we, we live in a ward where people People are retaliated against and bullied, and yeah. it's a very strange place. It happens. Yeah, it's it's a, and I know that uh, Heather has. Uh, we've talked about the candidates in her race. Um, it has an, she has an interesting uh, alderman who uh, was apparently offended by something. I because he has he's a challenge, I think, especially for progressives. And he was upset with something I tweeted. I said, "Oh, sir, I, I had no idea you took my opinion so so personally. I'll be more delicate with your feelings next time." <laughs> um, so, but I mean, like that's the thing. Thing, right, like yeah. no matter how, what your intentions are, it's a it's a lot. So, yeah. um, what has in running for the alderman, the alderwoman seat of the 49th ward? What has been some of the things that have surprised you along the way? You're like, oh, I didn't expect that. Oh, so much of it. Yeah. Um, I liked politics uh, as a spectator sport. Right, yeah. that's my sport. Right, so sure. that's how I would view it. And it's so different to be on the other side of it, and you're like, wow. All the things that, that that are talked about, you're like, it actually happens. And I really expected yeah. the process to be different for a ward seat. I'm like, it's just a ward, yeah. right? It's just city council. Mm-mm. You would think that it that people are competing for the Senate. And you're like, guys, you know, I, it's not that serious, guys. <laughs> I saw one race where someone is self-funding with $2 million. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. Alderman? Yeah. yeah. Wow. For yeah. an aldermanic seat. I was told it would take hundreds of thousands, and I'm like, it's not. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah. stop. Like, well, all the political consultants will tell you crazy numbers, but it could, that's where the money goes. But that's a th- the well, consultants. I would say this. Uh, so I was mm-hmm. talking to a candidate. I told them, to you have to at least raise $100,000 is what I told them. I ran mm-hmm. for a representative seat, and over $700,000 $700, was spent against me in, in combination. Right. Yeah. Um, and and with because our race in the 45th Ward has six people, you yeah. have to be able to cut through that noise. You are going you up, like, and you are also running against an incumbent, mm-hmm. which comes with a lot of money and manpower. So that oh yeah, that, the machine is the machine for sure. That's the, so that's that's why I try to tell yeah. people. Um, so yeah, the the I, you know, and I know like AOC even talks about like I can't believe that four hours out of my day is spent having to be on mm-hmm. the phone and raising money. It's at every level, and they have given themselves a raise. It's now a hundred and forty three thousand dollars for that seat. And when I mentioned it, 
you know, seven hundred thousand was spent against me uh, in this race. They only made at the time sixty nine thousand. So it is, oh yeah. So it's not about the income, right? These police yeah. board races, right? Mm-hmm. Forty thousand. I mean, Feller sent out mailers to the entire district. That's twelve to fifteen thousand dollars for a job mm-hmm. that pays five hundred dollars a month. It's about consolidating yep. power. It is, and that's it's it's intense, isn't it? Yes, when you zoom out too far and start to look at it, yeah, things can get really scary. Um, but it's also, it helps to fuel me because I know my intentions, right? Sure. I think in politics, uh, to go into it, most people who choose that as their career, there's a lot of ego involved, right? And I'm not a politician. I never intended to be. My ego doesn't get in the mix for me. Sure. Um, you know, who knows? Like, if I won, what the next term would look like, right? I have no idea what the job does to you, but certainly I don't walk into it with that. So it's kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to go at it and say, I listen to the people. I spend a lot of time with people asking them, hey, what's important for you guys? And then we talk about what I would do right. in that seat. And and so far that I just let that be the work. Um, and the rest of it, I just, you know, have to kind of put out of my head. I don't spend a lot of time on social media because I think that oh, that yeah. has become super toxic, right? And not productive. Yeah. So I stay out of that stuff and just kind of not to zoom out too far and just focus on the work. I, I remember being in the car. Do you remember Rebecca who worked on my campaign? She's really sweet. Mm-hmm. She's my I, my prom date's wife. Like, my campaign was crazy. <laughs> it was so much fun. Um, but she was in the car, like, getting mad at some of the things that people were saying online. I was like, put the phone down. Yeah. I, I was not on social media. I mean, just, yeah. it's impossible. You yeah. can't let them get in your head. So then how do you, how are you getting your message out? I am going out and doing a lot of meet and greets with people. Um, I talk to a lot of people everywhere I go. I have a conversation. Um, and and it's really just that for me. I mean, it's a small neighborhood. Right? I know. There's only 55,000 people, right? <laughs> <laughs> How many registered voters you got? Oh, the list is long. But in the state election in November, like 15,000 people vote. Okay. Right. And the city elections, usually it's like eight or 9,000. In 2019, a lot of people came out. Yeah. Much like 2020. 20,000 people voted in that election, right? It was that super important. So we'll see what happens in this one. But to me, you know, it's a small neighborhood. That's how I look at it. I walk around everywhere. I spend a lot of time in my neighborhood. So I run into a lot of people and you just have conversations. Are you door knocking? Um, We have. We've been canvassing. It's a little harder to canvass these days because everybody's got ring cameras and nobody likes to answer doors for strangers and all that. So I think the politics today is a lot different. Um, and so we rely a lot on our volunteers and just people talking to people who are are spreading the message. Um, and we have a lot of energy. The volunteers are, have been fantastic. Um, and the response is good. I have no idea because, you know, we don't have money to do polls. So who knows what it's going to look like? Yeah. Those but, are, for folks who want to know how much a poll costs, uh, a, just a, like a bare bones one would be at least $5,000 uh, and up to about twenty five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. I was convinced. So that, to your point mm-hmm. about people telling you how much money, I, that's the one thing. And we went back and forth on this was was a poll. And uh, the president of the Senate, John Cullerton, told me that he would shake some money trees for me if I dropped a poll in the field. And right. uh, and when we got the results, which were solid for me, he did not do that. So that was fun for me. It's really, a lot of people say a lot of things. Yeah, and then delivering him, is different. I had known him for years. So I and we had fought for, you know, education for children who have disabilities and things like that. So mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I just at that moment trusted him and I should not have done that. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and, uh, and, and Heather goes, and there's this 
the sound of another bridge falling that Patty just burned. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, yeah. Being in this position, I uh, I don't care. I, right. I, I mean, I just, uh, if you don't want, like, well, what's uh, Anne Lamott's thing? If you didn't want me to say bad mm-hmm. things about you, you shouldn't should behave, behave badly. better, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my Good logic. That I, I'm just saying. We're hanging out with Belia Rodriguez, who is running for the aldermanic seat of the 40, 49th Ward. Heather Lally, the the editor-in-chief of Grocery Business for Winsight. Um, we'll talk a bit more when we come back. Uh, we're gonna, I, have, uh, I have more questions. If you have questions, if you, if you live in the 49th Ward or know someone who does, and you want to know more about Belia Rodriguez, where can they go to find out more about your campaign? Uh, the website is uh, beliafor49th.org. Uh, um, yeah, that's a great place. And uh, it's got a phone number on there. And if you reach out via email, I'm the one who gets it and answers. So I do like to hear from people and I do answer everybody's questions as best as I can. Excellent. More conversation when we come back on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. We're driving it home till 7. You're listening to WCPT 820, because facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at ANS Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand and Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are in studio with uh, my very good guest, my very good, your very good guest, Heather Lally, <laughs> my very good friend and uh, regular on the show, Heather Lally. She's the editor in chief of Grocery Business and Winsight, and uh, you can follow her on Twitter. We're talk- we were talking to Belia Rodriguez, who is running for the 49th aldermanic seat uh, again as I mentioned to Heather Heather had I mean like you it was like white knuckling it for me the whole time I was running was <laughs> I, I, I uh, you have two uh, career paths that I cannot even imagine uh, being a stand-up comic or being a politician as uh, it might as well be an alien landing on this planet. I, Are people telling you that Bailey in your in your life your friends and family like it's a lot it is a lot my yeah. dad was like you don't need this. Why are you doing this? I was like, I don't know, Dad. <laughs> because you always know. wonder if you should have. You even said before that, that yeah. people had asked you. you and, mm-hmm. and regardless of what happens, this will be some, one of the greatest things you do with your life is seeking to serve others. Absolutely. Whether, regardless of what happens, you, yep. you did it for all the right reasons. Yep. If you leave everything on the field, you have succeeded. I'm good. If, if I win or lose, I'm still a winner is how I look at it because yeah. My, yeah. my job was just to run. Yeah. Th- that was my goal. And to elevate the conversation. Absolutely. Right. Because as you mentioned, people, if people don't feel heard, if they're not seeing the, the conversations that they want to, that they feel invested in, mm-hmm. they'll be left behind. And so. They do. Yeah. 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 Well, that, that's the, the gist of the job to me is you, you are to represent everyone, even the ones who don't support you. Right. Right. That's, yes. that's the job. And you still have to hear them out. Yep, that's a. Uh, could you go talk to the uh, over here on uh, over on Lawrence? You can go to the forty fifth Ward Aldermanic <laughs> Office and maybe tell him the same thing. Hey Roosevelt, what's on your mind, my friend? You're uh, on the air with Heather and Belia Rodriguez. Lady, buenas noches. Buenas noches. Hi, Belia. I want to ask you a question. Sure. What made you 
support Brandon Johnson. By the way, I Did love you. you. You're a great person. I think I met you quite a while back, maybe a year ago. No, not that much, but maybe a year ago. Okay. But anyway, uh, so I, I understand Chuy um, Garcia supported you when you ran. No, 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 You're thinking of Delia Ramirez. This is Belia I've been getting Ramirez. that, and I'm like, what oh an upgrade. Oh, my God. You just did the thing that white people do to us. What? <laughs> Belia, Belia Rodriguez, not right. Delia Ramirez. Oh, my. Oh, Roosevelt. I'm sorry. Shame I on you. I though, because I'm like, oh, I'm already, like, running the course. I'm, I'm moving up. But, hey. Uh, you know, you know, I've asked this question. So, do you have a question for the candidate? Uh, we can discuss the Chewy Delia situation some other time, which I right. think I have brought up before, which I find fascinating. Sorry about yeah. that. Sorry it. about that. <laughs> <laughs> She's a congresswoman. Uh, yes. You know yeah. And here's here's another one. Now that I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, well, in the same uh, realm of, of of the subject. Yep. Uh, who are you supporting as far as the candidate for? Oh, let me. I'm, I'm going to stop. Mayor? I'm going to stop you right there yeah. because she has to keep her head in her own race, and mm-hmm. it, it has do not, does not have time for that. Uh, I really don't. She I really does not. I, I, I'm going to forms. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. Like when I we, like, she has to keep her head in her own game mm-hmm. and can't afford okay. to have the side the noise. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and answer that Thank for you. her. You're welcome. Bill, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will cost. That will only be twenty five dollars. Excellent. Not the ten thousand dollars <laughs> that the uh, consultants want to give me. Right. I've got. Let me. Roosevelt, thanks for calling in. All right. I want to make sure that I, I uh, let our, our candidate have her say. It's okay. Uh, it's really funny to me. Thank you, Roosevelt. <laughs> he didn't mean that, and he's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I've heard it before. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I, we, yeah. Again, this goes to people hear what they want to hear, right? Sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. The upside is how many Latinos are like running and in, in places. Yeah. Yes. Kind of like, you know, being I'm, I'm a lesbian. Right. So when I look at how far we've come and that there are gays all over the city, right, in different positions, it's fantastic. So it's all good. So you have uh, only 12 days left. So let me give mm-hmm. you a chance to do your uh, your pitch to voters. Sure. Because uh, I, I, I loved having you in studio and would love to have you back. Whatever happens next. Right. If you want to do a phoner next week and remind folks about uh, voting and getting out. Too. Yeah, we yep. can do that. Thank but you. What's your pitch to your voters? Uh, my pitch. Uh, so I would say this. Um, like I said, I ran uh, to give the uh, residents of Rogers Park a choice. And so to me, the choice on the ballot is this. I am very ward focused. I ran for the people. Um, we have other candidates that have other strengths. And, and the incumbent strengths, I think, are very much issues. And she'll tell you that, right? So that that uh, is a known. Um High-level city issues, and and that's the piece that I think that gets missing is is the ward part. So I'm very focused on the ward. I care about the safety. I care about the safety for uh, various reasons. Obviously, we should be safe, um, but also because the safety factor then uh, plays into the our local economy, and it in, impacts those guys. And stores start to close, and like right now, there's been a lot of uh, robberies and break-ins. So that stuff's important in terms of the schools. You know, families move when neighborhoods become unsafe, and that's a problem for our schools. So for me, that is a big piece um, that we need to be focused on and addressed. Um, We have an encampment that grows and shrinks depending upon the weather and the time of year. Um, During the summer, there must have been 60 to 70 tents, and it's 
a couple blocks from me, so uh, it impacts my life and it impacts the lives of the people around it, and they don't seem to get heard. So that piece is important. But then the rest of that is like, how do we grow Rogers Park, and how do we do that while still preserving the thing that we all love about Rogers Park, and that's the diversity. And when people describe uh, in any marketing study the word cloud, always the center of it is diversity. And I want to protect that. And that's what I've been doing for six years is spending a lot of my personal time making sure that we are doing that smart um, and that we take care of the the immigrant owned businesses, Mm -hmm. the people of color owned businesses all up and down Clark, that we take a look at and help out Howard Street. Those are the areas that are at risk for gentrification. And that's where I want my focus to be. There are everything else gets looked at as well. But those two particular areas, if you want to fight gentrification, strengthen those two areas. And um, that's what I want to do. Well, I want to wish you the very best and congratulate you for taking the risk. And, sure. and you know, I know that your partner uh, probably your <laughs> best woman in the world, <laughs> yeah, because they're all, you know, candidate spouse, but partner yeah. is uh, is all in as well. So I hope that she they're uh, that she is uh, pacing herself as well. And someone's got to meditate. Yeah. If you're not going to meditate, make sure oh, that she's she, the one. She, <laughs> right. She's, she's well, definitely. My Zen. Take it. Take a couple of breaths so every morning and every yeah. night, and uh, and and Thank just you. you're doing this, and it's an important thing that you've taken on. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. You. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, we look forward to talking to you again, and uh, maybe next week. Check in with us. Let us know how it's going. I'll be here. When All we right. come back, we've got we're going to talk to uh, Carol Magruder, the co-chair of the African American Tobacco Control Leadership Council, in just a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT Willow Springs is powered by ComEd. See how ComEd is preparing for a clean energy future at comed.com slash clean energy. Chicago's progressive talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Thank you so much for joining us on WCPT 820. In studio, I have Heather, Heather Lally, who is the editor-in-chief of Grocery Business with Winsight. And actually, this could work really well as a conversation because uh, we have on the phone with us a, a, someone that I'm really excited to talk to about an important issue. Carol Magruder is the co-chair of the African-American Tobacco Control Leadership Council. And I want to thank you, Carol, for joining us and being patient. We ran a little bit long on our last interview. How are you doing today, Carol? I am doing pretty well, fighting a little cold out here. I'm in California, but I'm very happy to be with you today to oh, talk about this very important subject. I, I, you know, we don't know if we want to hear about how uh, how California feels when we have sleet coming at us sideways in Chicago. Where whereabouts yes, where, yes. whereabouts in California are you? I'm. I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area, so the sun is just peeping out. It's been chilly for us, but, you sure. know, compared to other places, not bad at all. <laughs> well, I hope that you're feeling well, better yeah. soon. And I, the reason I thought it might be interesting, because, you know, in grocery, like, look, when I was a kid, my dad was a heavy smoker, uh, four packs of non-filler camels a day. Um, and I, he would send me to the pharmacy, to the little drugstore downstairs, and, you know, they'd have a note when I was seven or eight years old. And, and that's something a lot of us grew up with, was our parents smoked, our houses smelled like smoke uh and there's marketing like for him it was cowboys right it was john wayne smoke camels and that's been a big part of marketing for a lot of groups in our country has and around the world hasn't it that kind of targeting yes yes and that's what the tobacco industry that's their specialty is to really segment out populations and really 
target specific media and marketing messages for that group. And they were very, very successful and effective with black folks, with African-Americans, because uh, because of their uh, really racist and pernicious targeting that went beyond just actually having a commercial or having advertisements that actually uh, delve into our, our lives, uh, you know, attaching themselves and giving money to black leadership groups. Our media, Ebony and Jet at the time when I grew up as a teenager were, you know, they were built on Newport cigarettes. And so that kind of a wraparound um, targeting that they did for black people really resulted in that, um, you know, at the 80 to 90 percent of black smokers who smoke, smoke a mentholated tobacco product. And that's why because of that, that targeting. And that, you know, when whether it's Newports or, you know, the mentholated uh, versions of Marlboro and things like that, it, it was almost like, you know, a minty fresh. You're, it's it's not quite the same as smoking. It's and it's it's cooler. It's hipper. That was part of the marketing, too, wasn't it? Yes. And, you know, the, the, the funny thing I laugh at uh, because I've had this I've did a lot of interviews today and I went and got some uh, Vicks Vapor Rub with menthol. Yeah. And so I got the practical reminder demonstration of how soothing menthol is. But menthol does not cure my throat. It just makes it so that I can keep talking and, and using my voice probably when I shouldn't. And that's kind of the way that it works with cigarettes. It, it let, makes the poison go down easier. It really is an analgesic, so it numbs your throat against the very, very harmful and toxic smoke that we're inhaling in. Uh, and mam- human beings are the only animals that will uh, voluntarily inhale smoke into their lungs. Um, and so menthol makes that happen. And that's why we want to get it off of the market. It also uh, diet, it dilates your lungs, your alveoli, your little lung sacs for the the oxygen uh, transfer in your body so it allows our bodies to hold the menthol and the toxins deeper and longer in our lungs and that's one of the things that we believe is why black folks have a lot more uh, death and and you know morbidity mortality from smoking when we actually smoke fewer cigarettes than other groups and how like i mean how much work needs to be done for the fda to ban menthol in cigars and cigarettes so a lot of work still needs to be done. Uh, we actually sued the FDA, our group, the African-American Tobacco Control Leadership Council, along with our co-plaintiffs, Action on Smoking and Health, the American Medical Association, and the National Medical Association. So that's our nation's doctors joined with us as co-plaintiffs to sue our government. Um, and as a result of that, it made the FDA respond to actually a citizen's petition that had been previously filed. And they are in the process of issuing the final rule on taking mentholated tobacco products off the market and an additional rule that would take off little cigars and cigarillos. So those are your black and mild, your swisher sweets, um, the cheap tobacco cigars that were left on the market, just wholly unregulated by the FDA. They're cheap and they're commonly found in poor neighborhoods, black and brown neighborhoods. So we're waiting um, August this year of August, we're expecting the final rule. But in the meantime, we keep working because our movement is a movement of cities, counties, and states. And I want to say Chicago was the first city uh, that stepped out bold and that, that did something about menthol. And at that time, it was simply a buffer zone around schools. And that was under uh, Rahm Emanuel. And that was the first time that anything had been done about menthol. The tobacco industry promptly sued. And Chicago helped firm and prevailed. And that really opened the door 
for all that we see since then, which is which is really incredible. Um, and we remember we came back to Chicago to help with that effort and also with your Tobacco 21 laws. So, um, and when, it, when you have an urban city like Chicago with so many other issues, it's so important for us to say this is just as important as anything else because it kills more black people than anything else combined. And so when we think of what our issues are, this has to be in our top five issues, and we have to keep working on this. It's not you don't pass a law and it's magic. It's the beginning of the process, and then we have to dig in. We have to provide services for people. Uh, we have to address so many different issues. Um, but the first thing is just to really recognize the serious problem that this is and for us to make up our minds that we're going to keep going until we get it done. I was just reading this, uh, this the information about how uh, a lot of children who start who start smoking often start with a flavored tobacco, uh, menthol, and 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 you know as I mentioned, my father started when he was very young; he was like twelve years old. And there comes a point where uh, for him, smoking was easier than breathing fresh air. And when you we're talking about young minds are are just developing uh, the highly addictive nature of uh, of, of cigarettes, uh, this is crucial that we are fighting this battle and I'm so grateful that you are out there doing that. How can people support the work that you do that you do uh, and your colleagues uh, should they be calling I mean they should be calling their legislators uh, what, are, what are some of the efforts that we can do to support you? Yeah so some of the efforts so one thing is that people can go to our website which is savingblacklives.org and they can sign up to get our newsletters because we have information from from all over the country of all the work that we're doing also the campaign for tobacco free kids which is one of our national foundations and really um, is on top of this issue and fighting also with us in all these cities across the country. Um, so those are two ways. But, to, you know, to pay attention when you see something in the newspaper, when you see some legislation in the city where you live, it's so important to weigh in. And, and, and it's our children, you know, you mentioned our children. Our children, their brains are so susceptible to addiction. Um, and that's, we saw that with the vaping and how the e-cigarettes, just got in there uh, right under our noses as adults because we didn't know what our kids were doing on those phones. Um, and they were being um, sold these, you know, the influences were influencing them to try these e-cigarettes. And that's how we had the epidemic of teen vaping. And I used to, um, in my presentation, say, you know, if a product came on the market today, it wouldn't even be allowed to be on the market. And then the e-cigarettes made a liar of them because they just got out there unregulated. The FDA really should have shut it down in the very beginning, which they did not. Um, and so we're still dealing with that. Um, and then we want to punish our kids uh, because, you know, it's very sexy and very tempting to try that as a teenager. And we're the ones, we're the adults, and we need to take responsibility for our failure to protect our children and to legislate and to make policies to get these products out of our communities. Um, so if we want to pass some blame around them about personal responsibility, it falls at the feet of parents and adults in our communities, which is us. We are talking to Kara Magruder. She's the co-chair of the African-American Tobacco Control Leadership Council. As I mentioned, my friend Heather Lally is in studio. She works uh, with with uh, grocery with grocery stores. Well, I'm wondering uh, with uh, grocery stores, because as I mentioned, when I was a kid, I used to go in and uh, buy cigarettes for my dad. Are there, I, I feel like it's less and less that like grocery stores have them anymore. They'd have them behind the counter and maybe locked up and things like that. Yeah, I think it's more of a, uh, a concern of convenience stores. Uh, right. The tobacco remains a big seller. 
um, for them. Right. Yeah. Less so in the, in the grocery stores. And, and what is, I'm guessing, Carol, that some of the pushback is, you know, well, these are, you know, we should be able to do whatever we want. And, uh, you know, well, if kids do it, as you mentioned, it's, it's the parents' responsibility. What are, uh, I'm guessing that tobacco uh, does not want your efforts to succeed, do they? No, they do not. <laughs> they, do not want to they got a lot of money, and, Carol. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a lot of money. It's billions of dollars. And so with retailers, um, and I'm not sure where we are with Chicago because I know there was a little uh, there was a little slide back in terms of, of, of what the rules were around Chicago with those initial. But that initial step out to do something, you know, I will always love Chicago and have a special place in my heart because they got it started and they, they told other cities, you have the power to set laws to say that you don't want these products sold in your neighborhoods. So with regards to retailers, um, you know, the bottom line is you can't sell products that kill people and addict people and that there has to be a different way to make a living other than that. Um, I know in San Francisco where we have a citywide uh, ban on the sale of menthol-flavored tobaccos, and this was before COVID that this happened, I don't know of any stores that have actually gone out of business. So some of the um, some of the fear about retailers going out of business, of course, it's going to affect their 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 revenue. But they must find something else to do other than sell products that that addict people, lifelong addiction, and that and that kill people. So that's our that's our stance on that on the retailers. Um, and of course, you know, we go to city council meetings all over. The retailers are there. Uh, many of them hardworking people. You know, these stores are not easy, and they have all my sympathy, but. It, it stops where these products must come off the shelf, and that's that's just all there is to it. I, I often think, you know, people who depend on that, we don't owe you the lives of children or people in our communities for you to make a living. I think it is the way it works out in my mind. Like, it's 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 hard. It's hard to explain. That's exactly right. And in the cities and states, they also want that revenue, that sin tax, too, don't they? Because they're heavily taxed. Right. Right. And so and that's another that's a great point is because many cities and states, there's a lot of tobacco taxes. And as the people who fight in commercial tobacco control, we get so very little of that. So you're taxing the smoker who's addicted. And then the bulk of the money should go back into getting that person off of this product that's killing them. But a lot of times it goes into the general fund. It goes lots of places. And we have to kind of fight for our little piece of the pie to really do the work that we do. Um, so, you know, and so, and then cities and states do, uh, they do start to count on tobacco taxes. You know, it's, it's layered throughout the government. There are federal taxes that support, uh, children's chips or children's health insurance programs, um, which is a good thing. But, but it is, you know, it is a weaning, weaning folks off of this tax money from, um, from cigarettes. And we're facing in California because when we're successful, then our revenue goes down because we have less sales. And that's something I'm trying to put myself out of business here because I'm dependent as well. I'm project director for two programs, so I'm dependent on uh, the cigarette taxes coming in to fund the things that we do. And I'm prepared to ramp down as we're successful that hopefully to put ourselves out of business that there would not be a need for these programs at some point um, in the future. Not anytime soon, unfortunately. But at some point, we want to end this. Uh, I am so grateful for the work that you do. And, I, and I'm, I'll try to schedule an interview with Lincoln Mundy, who has made a, the Black Lives, Black Lungs documentary about the marketing of menthol cigarettes. Where can people find out? Do you know where they can find out more information about that film as well? 
Sure. So that film, it's Black Lives, Black, Black Lives, Black Lungs dot com. And it's actually on YouTube, the, the first one, which is excellent. And then the second one is coming out. So we're going to be rolling out um, our premiere. But the first one is 15 minutes. And it's he tells the story so succinctly. Um, and it really and it has actually videos of the vans of where they were giving out these products in our communities, handing them out to people, which is something that they did not do in that way with other communities that they also gave these children at that time. Yeah. So he really, um, you know, it's right on point, uh, the Black Lives, Black Lungs. And then we're looking forward to Black Lives, Black Lungs 2.0, where he continues the story. But you can go online and you can see that. Well, I'm so grateful that we had this opportunity to talk to you and, and would invite you as well anytime you want to make sure that people are informed uh, and activated. Uh, again, remind us of the website where they can find out more of the work that you do and support you. So the website, our website is savingblacklives.org, savingblacklives.org. And we'd love to come back once we have uh, the rule, the second, the final rule is announced by the FDA. We'd love to come back because there is an opportunity for people to have comments about it and to encourage our FDA to do the right thing that they should have done, you know, in 2009. And so here we are a long time later, long, a lot more people addicted. Um, and we want them this year to get it right and to do the right thing. Well, as a daughter of uh, someone, I lost my father to small cell lung cancer. He was 68 years old. I I, I champion the work that you do, and, and I'm so yeah. glad to have had this conversation with you. Uh, and please do not hesitate to reach out again. Uh, and thank you for this. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank you. you, Chicago. Yes. Alrighty. We'll talk to you again Bye. soon. Have a lovely, and, and please feel better. A little more Vicks Vapor Rub. Or as we say, Vapor Rub. And uh, <laughs> put on the bottom of your feet, put some socks yeah. on. That's what we... <laughs> I like that. Thank I you. Got, I got the socks on. There you go. Very thank good. You. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, man, what an important conversation. Thank you, Carol. Let's uh, take a break here and wrap up with Heather Lally in studio. And uh, let's see if she'll go grab a, a cocktail with me after the show. <laughs> more after this on WCPT 820. Stephanie Miller. Oh, by the way, which douchebag yelled when he was talking about fentanyl? It's your fault! I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. This is, we are like, oh my, they're they're full on the idiocracy. Once again, I don't have the numbers in front of me, Travis, but this we say all the time. He has seized more fentanyl at the border than oh, yeah. I, every president combined. Like, it's just, it, it, okay. They have no facts on their side no. at all. Stephanie Miller, weekday mornings, 8 to 11 on WCPT 820. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. This is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern, Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are in studio with Heather Lally, the editor-in-chief of the Winsight Grocery Business. Because I've said it wrong every single time. I've I've just said them out of order. It's okay. All the, all the words. Okay. I'm so proud of you and the hard work that you do. I know that uh, it's you know you and I have uh, weathered a lot. 
And now we will go weather the weather. Yes. This is gross. Can I just sleep under this desk? I will drive maybe. you to the next location okay. and then drop you off here. It's like it? a hostage situation. Or maybe I'll Uber us to the next location. That, that sounds safer, doesn't it? I'm gonna, I'm gonna Uber us if you'll come with me. Um, yeah, I, you and I talk a lot about what issues are important to us, uh, and and I want again I want to thank Carol for uh, her com- conversation about the tobacco in the black community. Um, you know, in the wake of the George Floyd murder, I know that your uh, um, appreciation for your position in, in the community, you have gotten very active with wanting people to be aware of privilege. Oh, I mean, I would not call it. Very active you since there are actual stuff. activists I know. I know. who yes. do amazing things. Yes. I have just tried, you know, my own little family to impress upon my kids and, uh, you know, how very, very fortunate we are. And, and, uh, yeah. and, and you have and you've found ways to make sure that they are aware of that and, and volunteer and going to communities that sure. a lot of people are like, oh, why would you go there? Because you want to feel con- I, I, my understanding is that you want to know that people feel supported in some way, too. Yeah. I mean, and we're all in this one city together and it's a big, sprawling, spread out city. But uh, I think it's important for folks to see other neighborhoods and um, and just realize, we're you know, it's all. Uh, one one unit. I felt kind of bad when because uh, uh, I've lived on the northwest side my entire life, so it's it's hard for me to look at it from the outside. And you move to the northwest side, you're like, whoa, this mm. is <laughs> this is a little different politically. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I had known the neighborhoods, you know, <laughs> terribly racist history and oh, current God. situation, and uh, I, I really like my house. I like. It's my neighbors. Oh, uh, yeah. But I mean, my goodness, it's kind of horrifying. I, I, I have to say, Heather is not allowed to move without giving <laughs> me first dibs on her house because it's one of my favorite uh, houses. And it's just, it's a beautiful home. And uh, yeah, but I I just I didn't like when you know when I knew you were moving to Portage Park. I'm not as familiar with Portage Park. Yeah. Um, But I I just, you know, when people move to the neighborhood, I'm like, yay! I mean, you can sum it up in the one sentence that our current alderman recently said that he identifies as vaccinated. I mean, (laughs) so you've not only dismissed the pandemic that has claimed millions of lives, you've dismissed trans people. I mean, it just it's so much wrapped up in one little sentence of mm-hmm. horrors. Uh, it's kind of remarkable. Well, and when I remember there was uh, uh, some folks who were shopping at the Brickyard Mall and a woman was pulled from the car and there was, a, 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 I mean, they've, they have successfully sued uh, the city of Chicago and the police department. And he said, basically, well, they didn't belong there in the first place because I guess because they were black at the Brickyard Mall, which really is so bizarre on so many levels. I don't Amazing. Yeah. But but the mayor says that he is her moral compass. So there's that. Don't understand so I, that. I, I hope that he doesn't take this personally. I don't mean to, to hurt his feelings. Um, but I also I have a friend who uh, uh, messaged me and, and saw Ed Bannon's mailer. I meant to message you and ask you if you had a copy because she said there were, there's a, a Latinos uh, on the mailer. And it basically says, uh, no matter your background, we accept you. And <laughs> and me and Carmen were like, even if you're Latino. And if. <laughs> it's like, yeah, seriously, people, can you please send me your artwork before you send them out to people? I would really like to help That's out. That's funny. Um, so what's coming up next in the work that you're doing with, uh, with Winsight Grocery Business? Oh, that's a fine question. I'm headed to Las Vegas uh, at the end of the month for the National Grocers Association Conference, which is the industry trade organization that represents small independent uh, grocers. So I'm, I think that'll be fairly interesting. Um, you know, we talked to the big uh, 
big players. So it'd be kind of uh, interesting to hear from the mom and pops, the small regional um, chains about the issues that they're facing right now. I want more mom and pops. We lost ours. We lost right. our uh, produce center over here. It is uh, a tough business. Yeah. I, I miss I miss a small grocery store. We have Andy's Deli over here. Um, I just, I miss some of those those neighborhood joints. Well, I look forward to hearing about that when you come back from Vegas. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to give you a couple 20s to drop in a slot. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, yeah, just pull the, the lever and uh, I'll give you 40. You can keep 20 because once you <laughs> lose the first 20, it's hard to drop another it's one. True. I've done that before. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, Heather. Thank you for having me. And thank you to our guests today. And uh, thank you to our sponsors, Kids Above All. Uh, go to kidsaboveall.org to support the work they do. Uh, visit our Patty Vasquez show page to find out where you can pick up Progressive Brew from Minocqua Brewing in the Chicagoland area. And thank you to Warren Price from European and U.S. Car Service, 4080 North Broadway, over by there, europeanus.com. Thank you, Jerry. Don't forget, uh, boot tights. Next week, we've got gift cards to give away to uh, some of the Chicagoland area places that carry. Uh, go to boottights.com and buy a pair. Thank you, Lady B. Mike Crute's up next with with uh, Devil's Advocates. <laughs>